0: A young guy was having doubt about the existence of God. So he decided to go and see a pious monk. And when he went, he asked the monk, do you believe in God? The monk said, son, yes I do. And he said, why Do you believe in God? Is there any reason for your belief? And the monk said, Because I know him. And because I experience him every day in my life. And the young guy started thinking about that. He said, How is that possible? And the monk said, Because I experience the love of God in my heart every moment. And love of God dispels doubt as the morning sun dispels the morning dew. This is proven to be true. If you love God and your neighbor every now and then and all the time of your life that will dispel the darkness of doubt in your life. Then this gentleman thought about this for a while and asked the monk, so how can I attain the certitude that you have? The monk said, my son is simple love everybody that comes your way love your family love your friends love your neighbors and love those you think are enemies of yours and as you practice that constantly you will be illumined and that certitude will surely But I believe that what this monk is saying is nothing different from what St. John tells us in the second reading. God is love and those who love are begotten by him. And they know God. God is love. The essence of God is loving. And so, in John's gospel that we read today. The reason why Jesus Christ came into the world is that expression is to express the love of God for us, for God so loved the world that He gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So what kind of love did Jesus show the love of that made him stand in the place of the guilty, taking the place of humanity and taking the punishment of humanity upon himself on the cross, suffering and dying in our stead so that we would be set free. And so Jesus says, I give you a new commandment. And the commandment stands for the fact that you did not choose me, but I rather chose you. And I chose you for a purpose. You did not become a Catholic just by accident. And I know I did not become a priest just by an accident. You did not marry your spouse just by accident. It is all part of God's plan. And that plan to express his love in the world. A priest who cannot express the love of God for people is a weed in a wrong place. And if as a husband or wife I cannot live in love with my family, there is something that has gone wayward. Christ chose you for a purpose. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I chose you to go and bear fruit, indeed, fruit that will last. For the past two weeks, Jesus in John's Gospel has been telling us a great metaphor. I am the good shepherd. I lead my sheep to pasture and no one will take them from me. I will lay down my life for my sheep I know my sheep and they know me and they hear his voice. And so if we are part of the flock of Jesus Christ, we hear his voice. He leads us to pasture and even in the difficult circumstances, he stands in our place. Then he goes on to say, I am the vine last week and you are the branches. And if you abide in me, you will bear fruit, fruit that will last. And today, he goes on to say, you did not choose me, I chose you to go and bear fruit. The only way to bear fruit that endures is remaining in the love of Christ. Remaining and sticking to him, the good shepherd and the true vine. And when we develop our our nourishment from him, the nourishment of the word of God, the nourishment of the sacrament, especially the Eucharist, the nourishment that comes through our communication with our Lord Jesus Christ in prayer, we are going to bear fruit that will last. But in bearing fruit, it is not just any fruit at all. When you go to my village in Africa, I have six mango trees in my backyard. And when they flower, and they bear fruit, you can see like about 40, 45 on the tree, and that my brother-in-law will go and cut wood and jack it so that the branches won't fall apart. But as they grow, the fruits will be falling away, and the few that remain, when they are ripe, you cut it, you see brown spots in it, which means that the fruits have become infected. So quite recently I spoke with an expert and he went down to look at it and he said, Father, the problem is when the f- trees are flowering, insects it and they lay their eggs on the flower and they grow with the eggs and then, so when they bear fruit, those eggs are developing into liver and then they are there and then they cause the rot. So although those mango trees were bearing fruit, but the fruit they were bearing were not wholesome until after they had been treated by this man that they are now bearing fruit that are wholesome. We can be members of the church we are the branches of the vine we have been chosen by christ to go and bear fruit but the question is what kind of fruit are we bearing are we bearing fruit that are edible and wholesome or you are bearing fruit like my mango trees of yesteryears that were bearing fruit but which couldn't be edible if we bear fruit And our fruit is not motivated by love. The fruit has no meaning and is not fruit that endures. It is good for nothing. And that is why Jesus says, remain in my love. And if you love me, you keep my commandment. And a new commandment that Jesus gives is love one another as I have loved you. And Jesus' love was love that is indiscriminate. At the last supper, in John's Gospel, Jesus washed the feet of the disciples, expressing his love for them, expressing his call to serve them. You call me master, yet I have washed your feet. Go and do likewise. If you understand this, you will be saved. But remember, we are told that Jesus knew the one who was going to betray him, Judas Iscariot, and he washed his feet. He loved those who were his own to the end, even though he knew one of them was going to betray him. In the Old Testament, we are told, love your neighbor as yourself. But now Jesus is giving us a new commandment. It's not us ourselves. We are not a point of reference anymore. The love of Christ is the reference. Love one another as I have loved you. In other words, we have to love indiscriminately. Not just loving those who who agree with us. Not loving those uh, Uh, Who do as good, not just loving those who are our kind, but he wants us to love everybody irrespective of who they are, irrespective of what they represent, irrespective of what they have done. Love one another as I have loved you. Jesus died on the cross for everybody without an exception, even those who were torturing and crucifying him he prayed for them. Father, forgive them. And he uttered an ex- an, a reason that they did not know. Today, in the first reading, we hear how the indiscriminate love of God works. All along, the church has been focusing on the, on the, on the Jews. Today, they go outside the confines of the Jewish community to the house of Cornelius. And when Peter went there, he had began to preach, and immediately the Holy Spirit descended upon Cornelius and his household, and they started speaking in different languages, in different tongues. And Peter said, if the Holy Spirit has not discriminated against these people, who am I? And that is how Peter was convinced that indeed, God does not show partiality, but anybody who embraces him, he receives him or her. So anybody who is created in the image and likeness of God, and that is all of us, deserves the attention of God, deserves the love of God. And if we are the manifestation of God's love in the world, us The rabbi said, the the monk said, that I know God because I experience Him every day. Then you and I are called to indiscriminately show love for one another, show love for anybody that we meet. If we do not show that love, then certainly the fruit that we are bearing, the fruit for which Jesus called us to bear, are infected fruits, good for nothing. What is the point when I claim I love you but the moment you leave behind you I'm saying all kinds of horrible things about you. I am gossiping every now and then about you saying things that I cannot even substantiate and yet I smile and say, oh, I love you, you are awesome. Loving shouldn't be tied to material gifts alone. Love is about relationship. It's about trust. Some can give all they have except giving themselves. They keep Their smiles when they meet you, showing they are your friends. But as I said, behind you is a different ball game. Of what use are our gifts for one another if we cannot accompany each other as pilgrims on earth? What do I do when I hear that somebody has done something wrong? Do I see that person as a child of God who deserves the healing of God and the forgiveness and mercy of God? Or we ostracize that person from our, you know, friendship. Oh, I can't believe what it did, and we don't want anything to do with that person, and we are not courageous enough to go to the person and hear his or her side of the story. We have pushed a lot of blessings away because We became the judges and judged them without even listening to them. How can I claim I love you if I do not see or say anything good about you? St. Paul says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. It is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. We cannot say that I've loved enough and enough is enough. Love has no end. Dearly beloved, today as we celebrate Mother's Day, let us focus on the fact of the love that mothers show for us. They are willing to change their plans. They are willing you know, to, to, to sacrifice anything, even the things they cherish, for the good of their children. Yet, the love of mothers is nowhere comparable to the love of God for us. Mothers carry us nine months when we are helpless. And when we are born They take care of us. And for some of us, after even 20 years, our parents are still taking care of us. (laughs) That is the love we are talking about. Love that is self-given for the sake of the other. For the benefit of the other. I die so that the other might live. Jesus died so that we might live. Unfortunately today, when the tables have turned around, look at the plight of elderly mothers. Their children are nowhere to be found. They are never supportive. Christmas, they might send a card. Probably Easter or birthday. And probably Mother's Day, they will ship some flowers. That's not what they need. Go to the nursing homes. Go to the assisted living homes. And look at the mothers there. They have children. They sacrificed for them. They did everything for them. But their children today are so busy that they cannot do the very things their parents did for them when they were not able to do that. Now they are like children. We are like mothers. What are we doing for them? As we celebrate this Sunday, dearly beloved, let us renew our love for one another, including our mothers and fathers, our senior citizens, people who have made us who we are, and may the Lord open us up to his blessing. Amen.